Podcast Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. It's another Friday where you only get a hey now. But next week, Kat will do her happy mother. You know what it is. Hi, friends. Welcome to the final Solo Scott episode of After 9 for this week. Uh, Kat is going to be back on Monday, and then we get right back to our regular routine on the radio and here in After 9. How are you? Ready for the weekend? Thank God it's the weekend. Holy cow, this week kicked my ass. <laughs> Thank goodness the weekend is here. I'm going to run through a whole bunch of headlines and go through some stuff like that. And then towards the end of this episode, we're going to meet a couple of different people. And, and it all has to do with relationship stuff. First off, and don't judge until you've heard the story. I'll read you the headline now, and then the story is coming up in a bit here on After 9. Woman let her husband sleep with her bridesmaid on the night of their wedding. That is coming up. We're also going to talk about why there was no second date. Got a great collection of stories of people who went on a date and the other person did something so sinister or diabolical or horrible that they are not going to get a second chance. First off, let's talk about what's going on this weekend. It's Remembrance Day. I think everybody understands this. We start breeding it into young children in this country as early as we possibly can. On November the 11th, we pause and remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice for the freedoms that we all enjoy today. The 11th day of the 11th month at the 11th hour, we all pause for a moment of silence, hopefully surrounded by uh, veterans at our local cenotaph. But however you choose to honor Remembrance Day is totally up to you. Transit is going to pull over for a minute. Please don't honk. Don't be that person who gets stuck behind a bus at 11 a.m. tomorrow and honks not knowing what's going on. Just pause. Now, one of the things that's come up or is on my radar is how little we actually do for veterans. You know, Remembrance Day is a sacred day on the calendar. I, I, I don't have an opinion on whether or not it should be a holiday. I know that there's some making, again, loud calls for this to be a holiday. Well, tomorrow is Saturday. Let's see what the numbers are like at the Cenotaph. If we made it an actual holiday across the country, would people use the holiday to go to the fucking outlets? Or would they use the day to go to the Cenotaph and honor our veterans? I don't know the answer to that, and I, I tend to think that it would probably die off pretty quick. We might even lose some of the traditions, so I'm going to suggest we don't make it a holiday, but I do want to make a bigger deal out of not just our veterans and their families, but our active-duty soldiers. So I'm going to read you a list here of different things that are being done in America tomorrow to honor the veterans. Then I'd love to know what's going on for Canadian veterans. If you're a business owner that's doing something for the vets, could you let me know? I'd love to acknowledge that on the radio and, and in After 9 as well. So south of the border, a lot of deals for past and present service members at chain restaurants. Here's some of the list. Bonefish Grill. Active military ID service members can grab a free order of Bang Bang Shrimp and a soft drink. Free of charge, just for having been in the military. Buffalo Wild Wing, past and present military members get 10 free boneless wings and fries all day tomorrow. Chili's, veterans and active military personnel score free entrees such as chicken, bacon, ranch quesadillas, old timer cheeseburgers, and chili with a salad. Dunkin', free donuts for veterans tomorrow. Krispy Kreme, you get a free donut and a small hot or iced coffee. Red Lobster, you get a meal voucher from 11 a.m. till 4 p.m. for an entree. 
Veterans Shrimp and Chips is also complimentary. Outback Steakhouse has given military members a free Bloomin' Onion. Starbucks, they're offering a free tall, hot, or iced coffee for veterans. Plus, they're donating $100,000 to Team Red, White, and Blue and the Travis Mannion Foundation, respectively. Add Sonic. 99-cent Frito cheese fries. Well, it's not free, but at least it's a deal. White Castle tomorrow. All veterans, active duty service members can receive a free individual combo meal or a breakfast combo meal absolutely free. Not that I think we need to commercialize Remembrance Day too much, but I'd like to think that we're doing something for our veterans. We had a million Canadians that fought in World War I. A million. And I know not many of the vets are left. Uh, not many vets from even uh, the Korean War are left. They're getting quite up there in age. I think we're down to under 10,000 that are World War II vets that are still alive and with us today. Uh, actually, that number might even be off. I don't want to say for sure that that's what it is. Either way, my point is we should be doing more to honor our not just our veterans, but our active duty service members. Uh, the forces are under a lot of pressure. It is a job that is thankless at the best of times. I just wish we would do something a little bit more. Again, I don't want to commercialize it too much, and not that I think veterans are, are all that upset if they don't get a free combo at Applebee's or at Burger King, but I would like to do a little bit more to honor our vets. So if you've got something going on tomorrow, let me know. You can text us, 1-833-915-SHOW, slide into the DMs, and we'll acknowledge that because I think you do deserve a little bit of acknowledgement for doing that. Uh, what else can we tell you? Israel has agreed to implement daily four-hour humanitarian pauses in their assault against the Hamas terrorists in northern Gaza in order to allow Palestinians to flee the combat zone and also to get aid in. So we talked about this yesterday. I think I even said, I don't know that they're going to agree to it. They have agreed to it, but part of this deal is they've got to start releasing hostages. So we'll see if Hamas is going to comply and do that. Kmart is in the news. Remember Kmart? When I was little, I grew up in Cambridge, Ontario, by the way. When I was little, we had a Kmart at the John Galt Mall back in its day. Now it's the Cambridge Center Mall. And uh, I liked Kmart. Kmart was different. It was fun. It used to be a big deal. We'd go and wander through the toy section while mom did whatever moms do in stores when their kids are in the toy section. It was great. I used to look forward to that every week. Well, Kmart is still around in certain places. And Kmart in Australia has made the news for a promo that they're doing. They decided, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to sell some ham for the holidays. We're going to sell some ham. In fact, they sold a bag of ham. And it was a nice little thing. It was uh, Christmas trees and holly and red and green lettering. It looked very festive. Come to Kmart and get your Christmas ham. In fact, they even changed up the name. They created this, this new contraction. A ham Christmas, they just made it hammus. Well, here's the problem with that. A local Jewish group, and they were kind to do it politely, suggested, guys, maybe you should get rid of this merry hammus Christmas thing that you're doing. Now, why would a local Jewish group have a problem with it? Because when you spell out hammus, it looks like Hamas. Hamas. Again, they were kind about it. They said, we understand that this was unintentional, and we think it could even be potentially funny. Ham mess, like ham Christmas. But it's not a good look. Kmart, to their credit, did agree, and they've pulled the ham bags off of their shelves. 
They say, we got it wrong on this occasion, and we apologize. When designing this product, we clearly didn't think through the implications. Good on them for falling on the sword. They certainly didn't need to do that. They, uh, they had a pretty innocuous promo here. Probably planned well before the Israel-Hamas war. But this is the situation we find ourselves in now. I think it's great that Kmart stepped up and said, that was our mistake. We're going to pull that. They admitted the wrong, and I'm sure there's going to be lots of ham to go around Kmart shoppers in Australia. Uh, let's talk a little bit about Dior for a second. Dior's great. They really are. I don't think I've ever had a Dior product that I didn't love. But this one is getting a little bit stupid. If you're one of those people who has an irresistible urge to smell a baby, that's a thing for some people. I personally don't understand it, but there's some people who are absolutely addicted to the smell of a baby. Now you can completely change up that smell if you wish, thanks to the folks at Dior. They're now selling perfume for babies. It's called Bon Etoile, or Lucky Star in French. I probably didn't say that right, did I? They say it has tender and fruity notes. It's to make your baby smell fashionable. Baby Dior was a fashion line that was first launched back in 1967. And they did have products similar to this. But I think by and large, most people through all of the decades have agreed that's not really necessary for a, a young child to be wearing fragrance. So they ditched it. Now they're bringing it back. And not only are they bringing it back, they've brought it right back to Dior standards. Highly expensive. If you'd like to get some Dior perfume for your new little one, it's a small little bottle. I'm going to guess this is about a 35 or a 50 mil. $230 US. $230 for Dior baby fragrance. They're also selling moisturizer for babies for $115. They've got a cleansing foam for $95 and a $95 cleansing water that's supposed to leave your baby's skin supple and velvety. I don't even know what to do with that. Supple and velvety. I thought young children's skin was perfect the way it was. It comes out of the mom perfectly Supple and velvety. I don't know why we would need a $100 product to try and change that, but this is where we're at. Dior is encouraging you all. If you're interested, come to their store and give them all your money so that your baby will smell fashionable. <laughs> what are we even doing these days? What are we even doing? It's wild. We've got a little bit of job news. Canadian Tire, the latest big company to initiate layoffs. Canadian Tire says they've already cut about 3% of their workforce due to softening consumer demand. This is what happens when the Bank of Canada takes all the money out of people's pockets and then the rest of it gets taxed out of people's pockets. They don't have any money to shop. And now we're starting to see the layoffs. Uh, we have been in tech for a while, and I'm not at all surprised that big companies like Canadian Tire are laying people off in mass numbers as well. Canadian Tire also says they will not be filling the majority of their current job vacancies, which will result in another 3% reduction in their workforce. They'll be down 6% in workers just in the last few months. While we're talking jobs, your, your holiday side hustle, your part-time gig to earn a little bit of money for Christmas... Might not happen this year. Uh, according to Indeed, Canadian job postings for holiday positions down 30% this year from a year ago. They say it's the economy to blame. Overall job postings are also down 27% from this time 
last year. Wow. We're starting to see it, everybody. We're really starting to see it. Back here in Ontario, people in Guelph, and you know what? It's actually not even just Guelph. All of the mayors now are are going through the motions of preparing their budget because it's almost budget season. And you know how it works. Usually city staff prepare it. Now I believe it's up to the mayors themselves to create a budget. They bring it to city council. They propose some amendments. They go back and forth. And then eventually they vote on a final product. Now, if you've been listening to this week on After 9, you'll know that I'm very concerned about the cost of living and that nobody seems to care about that or talk about it. Well, just the other day, we found out Burlington residents are staring down the barrel of a massive property tax increase. Now Guelph is too. Double digits. Mayor Cam Guthrie's proposed budget would see Guelph residents' taxes rocket up by 10.32%, the highest increase in decades. And this is just the beginning. Taxes are projected to go up another 9.38% in 2025 and 8.67% more in 2026. They're going to vote on some amendments on November the 29th. So if you're a Guelph resident who doesn't want to hand over another 10% of the hard-earned money that you make over to the local government, now's the time to reach out to Mayor Cam Guthrie or local councillors and just put it all on the line. Just tell them the situation you're in. I don't know that politicians necessarily care, but I do think they should hear it because there's a huge disconnect. When did city councils become so reckless with money? How on earth can you come back to your taxpayers after raising their taxes a lot last year, come back to them again this year for a double-digit increase, and then promise them huge increases for the next two years as well? And they're really not getting anything more than they're currently getting. It's not like they said, hey, listen, we're going to raise your taxes by 10%, but transit is going to be free forever. Or we're going to raise your taxes by 10%, but you'll be able to do this or that, or you'll get this or that. There's really no value here. They're just trying to cover their own butts. They want a lot of money, and there's no politician that seems to be willing to cut any services. It's expensive to run a city. I totally get that. But these people seem borderline incompetent. It's almost negligent to continue coming back to the taxpayers demanding more money and giving them extremely little say in this process, but then refuse to cut out some of your little slush funds and your pet projects that you want built. So much money is getting spent on stupid shit, and politicians don't seem to understand that there's only one taxpayer, each and every one of us. We can't afford another 10% on our property taxes. We're already paying too much, and what do you get for it? Yeah, I mean, they clear the snow and pick up your garbage, but there's really nothing going on here. It's not like you're getting any massive value for the three, four, five, or $6,000 a year that you pay to the city. You don't get anything for that. You pay a lot of salaries at City Hall. You pay for a lot of waste and duplication, but you're not getting great value for it. And now they want to raise it another 10%. It's messed up. Uh, Let's move on to something a little more fun because it is Friday and, and... Enough heavy stuff. Let's go through some other things. I want to go to a headline that I mentioned off the top of this podcast. Woman let her husband sleep with her bridesmaid on the night of their wedding. I'm going to introduce you here to Katie. She's 26 years old, married now to Dan, who's 25 25 years old. And they say it wasn't a typical wedding. The newlyweds recently appeared on an episode of Love Don't Judge pretty sure that's a UK show. I've never seen it, but I did watch the trailer and I'm about to play a little bit of it for you. 
See, this couple has proclaimed themselves swingers. This should be fairly self-explanatory. Check it out. The married couple meet up with others to swing. We'll have busy weeks sometimes and we'll have Maybe four or five in a, week. in a week. They hook up with their good friends, Katie and Dan. It's just a normal friendship like any other friendship. Yeah. Even though we share. Hold the fuck on here. <laughs> it's just like any other friendship. I don't know. I've got some great friends and I have never banged any of their wives. Never once have I banged one of my friend's wives. Never done it. So I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, no, it's not your average typical friendship. Yeah, wives and stuff. But not all has been smooth sailing for the group. <laughs> has there ever been any jealousy? Their lifestyle choices have broken apart Katie's relationship with her family. They thought that what we were doing was disgusting. They don't really speak to me anymore because of it. One night in bed, we were talking about different things we want to try fantasies and fantasies. And, that sort of thing. and I said to Kate that I'd want to see her with another guy. She was a bit shocked, but eventually it all worked out. And then I decided that I wanted to explore my bisexuality as well. So as we started to explore that, we then thought it'd be more fun to play together. Has there ever been any jealousy? We ended up taking one of my girlfriends up to our bedroom. We had some drinks and ended up having a with her and it was really fun. It was really good. <laughs> She's one of my best friends so it was very comfortable. And to do it on such a special day is just makes it so memorable. So how have your family been since then then? Because obviously they were a bit Can I? I just want to wind that back just a second here. Hang on. And ended up having a with her and it was really fun. <laughs> it was really good. She's one of my best friends so it was very comfortable. And to do it on such a special day is just makes it so memorable. Yeah, it's such a special day. Make it more memorable. Bang somebody else on your wedding day. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. You mean to tell me that you stood in front of all your family and friends and witnesses and maybe even God and said, you are the one. I want to marry you. I want to make a commitment to you, but I want to bang the bridesmaid tonight. And she went along with it? Really? Man, I, I'm, I'm not shitting on the concept. I'm really not. It, it does take a lot to get used to, though, and I'm sure that if you are a swinger, you probably understand that. It's not the conversation that you have with just anybody. you got to find people who are like-minded or very open-minded who will understand what you're telling them. Maybe they do it themselves as well. To just tell somebody who's not into it, you probably avoid that because, well, you don't know what the reaction's going to be. Now, going on a TV show... After you've done this on your wedding night, well, <laughs> that's a different one. Is that common? Like, even if you are a swinger and your thing is being with other people, on your wedding night? Really? That seems a little messed up. Sorry, I'm not, I, I'm trying not to judge here, but I would have thought that you could just sort of keep it between the two of you if for no other night but your wedding night. That's a real strange one for me. Uh, the show, again, is called, where is it here? If you want to look it up, I don't know if it's on any of the streaming services, Love Don't Judge. There's a whole series about this, this couple here and their relationship with their best friends and, and then the strangers that they occasionally bring into the bedroom. It sounds like a real porno in real life, just unfolding in their home. They even did it on their wedding night. Man, 
It's wild. If, I really wish Kat was here because she would lose her shit. I really wish Dave was here because he would play very coy about all of this and ask a lot of questions. I could just envision this conversation happening right now. My question is, what do I need to know about the swinger lifestyle? I know there's somebody listening right now that's into this. There's probably a lot of people listening right now that are into this, and you'd probably never know because they really don't talk about it that often. What's something that someone who's not into it needs to know? 1-833-915-7469. Or you can slide into my DMs. Tell me something and tell everybody something. I'll keep you anonymous. What do people need to know to understand more about the swinger lifestyle. I'm really curious to see how you approach this, how you spin this, how you even bring it up to your partner, how you bring it up to other people. Really curious. Kat and I will happily read your texts and DMs right here on Monday. Before we wrap things up, it's a really good BuzzFeed article right now. It's 36 examples of a first date that solidified there will be no second date. I think by and large, everybody has had a date that didn't go very well. But these, catastrophic. Something has gone horribly wrong if that first date is an emphatic, hell no, there will not be a second date. I'm not going to read all 36 of them, but I do want to read you a couple that stood out for us here on the Scott and Cat Show. Well, actually, we're in after nine. I don't have to say the Scott and Cat Show. The team that works on the Scott and Cat Show. This person says, we went for a walk on the beach. We were having a great time until he looked down and said, wow, you have ugly feet. She says, I told him not to bother taking me home. I'd walk on my ugly feet. He tried to call a few times days later to try and ask for a second date. And you know, he probably doesn't even understand why there's no second date. Maybe don't insult your date on date one. That's probably a good place to start. This person says, he laughed at my joke and then banged his knee against the table, which caused him to let out a loud fart. The diners at the neighboring table heard it and recoiled, so he started to speak louder. <laughs> like he was trying to cover up the stench. It was the equivalent of smelling something strange and then taking your AirPods out. People do stuff like that all the time. It's like turning the radio down so you can see better. It doesn't make a difference. You can talk as loud as you want. A fart is a fart is a fart. Everybody heard it, and soon they'll smell it. Uh, this one says, dinner, movie, went back to her place, and then there it was. I only have two words, pet gator. Nope, I'm out. Really? You went on a date with somebody? She took you back to her place, and she had a fucking alligator there? I'd leave too. Even if I liked alligators, I would leave. Who has an alligator in their home? What does it live in the tub? What's going on here? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm feigning outrage because I am. I would probably run. I'd be like the Kool-Aid man. You'd see an imprint of Scott in that drywall real quick. Uh, this person says, we were friends for months and ended up going on a date when we both ended up single at the same time. He picked me up and we saw a movie. When the movie started, I felt super nauseous and left. I didn't even make it to the bathroom. I vomited in a trash can. I thought it would pass. But when I felt the sickness coming again, I went to leave the movie theater and I fainted. Next thing I remember, I was on an ambulance gurney begging my date not to leave me alone and asking, me to, and asking him to please call my dad 
and have him meet us at the hospital. No second date. Now, I feel like a sentence is missing here. I'm going to guess he did not cooperate in that. He either left her alone or didn't call dad. Either way, no more after that. This person says, the date started normal and fine. I was visiting town and wanted to have some fun, and I found him on Tinder. He was taking me out to a bunch of different bars in the area that he liked. Then, randomly, halfway through, while walking to another bar, he did a 180 and started berating me and getting snarky, saying, you women hate short guys like us. He was short, yes, but I hadn't said anything about it. I didn't draw any attention to something that didn't seem to matter. I was on the date. I chose to go out with him. We were having fun. It's not like he tried anything and I turned him down. To this day, I'm baffled as to what made him snap about his insecurity about his size. This person says, I was, it was a first date in a little restaurant. She was a bit late and had two shopping bags, even though we were going to a movie after dinner. But okay. It was a Saturday afternoon, so maybe she had some shopping to do. The meal was nice. Conversation was interesting, and she looked cute. Then the police arrived. She got arrested for shoplifting. Security cameras caught her shoplifting. Those bags that she brought were things that she had just stolen on her way to the date. Yikes. This person says, I was out with a guy. We were having a lovely time. He made a comment about a copper bangle bracelet that I was wearing. I told him, It was really special to me because I got it during my semester abroad in South Africa. It was a solid copper band, but in the middle, there was a copper wire woven around it. He asked if he could take a closer look, so I took it off and I handed it to him. He snapped it in half, thinking the copper wire was a spring. I was so upset. And he said it was a sign that I needed to move on from the trip and stop living in the past. What? You said that on a first date? You crazy son of a bitch. She never spoke to him again. Obviously. No second date. This person says, The first 80% of the date was nice, yet awkward. Cute first date. Then at the end, she pulled out her phone and started fighting with people on Twitter and narrating all of it. It was a long drive back. Oh, a little social media addict, eh? Someone who's just dying to start it up with the strangers on X. Interesting. This person says, we had dinner. All was going well. We were wandering down the dark sidewalk, engaged in conversation, when she walked straight into a sign that neither of us noticed. I let out a nervous laugh. Before I could stop it, she accused me of engineering the event for my own amusement. (laughs) I don't know that the regular person can, can engineer for a sign to be installed in the middle of a sidewalk. Uh, You walked into it, but I do understand the frustration with him laughing. This person says, we met on a dating app in college during the last week before winter break. We realized we lived close to each other back home, so we met in a nearby downtown area to get a coffee. After the coffee, we decided to take a walk around the city. Now, being winter, it was a snowy day with ice on the ground. At some point during our walk, I made a joke, and she playfully pushed my arm. Unfortunately, I happened to be standing on a sheet of black ice at the time. I slipped and tore both my ACL and MCL and ended up spending the next six months on crutches. It wasn't really her fault, of course, but it definitely ruined the date. That's one hell of an injury. Holy shit. (laughs) 
How hard did you fall? <laughs> this person says, I wish this was made up. I had an amazing date. Went back to his place. The dude had a car bed and a small heart-shaped bed for the ladies. He had a car bed? Like the ones that like tweens and toddlers use? Like he sleeps in a fucking race car? Really? And he expects dates to be okay with this. If you've got a race car bed, cool. Fucking right. You do you. Whatever you want. Did you play with cars as a kid? You want to sleep in one? Fucking right. You go ahead. Don't invite women back there, though. They're not going to like that, dude. They're not going to like that. This person says, he made a weird sexual joke when we were buying food and snacks. He said something like, I'll give you a snack later, and started laughing to himself quite loudly. Other people heard the whole thing, too. I got super uncomfortable because I'm not into stuff like that. I lost all interest in him right there on the spot. This person says, he said I made one of his dreams come true by going on a date with him because he always wanted to date an Asian. One, I'm not Asian. Two, more importantly, ew, don't fetishize people. While on the same date, he told me he was an alcoholic and planned to leave and go get drunk. <laughs> there was no second date, but he did call and ask, if it was because of the alcohol, it was a combination of things, bro. It was a combination of things. You, you don't even bother trying to get a second date. Uh, just a couple more. I met this guy off of a site. He was nice, but a little awkward, and he couldn't help but show me his Twitch stream gameplays for 25 minutes straight and kept looking at me to watch my reaction. It might have been okay as a conversation starter because I love gaming. But there's only so much you can watch of someone else's stream with no funny commentary or context. I mentally checked out. It's amazing what some people think other people will be interested in. Last one. I'll start off by saying I was on a date with a guy who was very handsome, smart, funny, and respectful. Our coffee date was going really well. We were laughing and everything. Until his ex showed up. He saw her and started getting paranoid. He kept saying, we got to get out of here. We got to get out of here. And he was freaking out. Of course, we left, but I never went out with him again. Why? A lot of people who don't want to run into their ex. I don't know that I'd necessarily cause a scene about it, but I don't really blame them for not wanting to run into their ex. Uh, you can Google that. It's on BuzzFeed if you want to check it out. Uh, I got to go, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of After 9. Again, Kat is going to be back on Monday. We get right back to regular routine. Hope you have a great weekend. Happy Remembrance Day, lest we forget. If you're celebrating Diwali this weekend, have a happy Diwali. And we'll see you Monday. Starting next month, Disney Plus and Hulu are going to be merged into the same app. Ooh. Yep, streamers are merging pretty soon. They're going to be all in one giant app called Cable. <laughs> the FBI and Italian authorities announced yesterday they arrested 17 men allegedly connected with the Gambino crime family on charges including mafia association and arson. The officials say it could still be weeks before Netflix is able to release a show about it. A U.S.-bound flight from London had to turn around after crew members realized that the plane was missing two windows. <laughs> then they landed and were like, oh, crap, we're also missing two passengers. A bear in Florida recently stole a $45 Taco Bell order from the front porch of a home. Wait a minute, how... Do you spend $45 at Taco Bell? What did you order? All of it?